All right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. We have an amazing episode for you. It's all about the relationship with food. I have a great guest. I'm so excited for this one. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. Um, really excited about today's show, and uh, I have an amazing guest. Um, a guest that kind of just popped into my hands and uh, was just like kind of heaven sent. So I have to uh, get right into it. Um, you know, I didn't ask you uh, how to pronounce your name. Is it Tawana? Yes. Yes. Tawana. My, my wife and I both were like, okay, how do I pronounce this? And I, th- I think I got it. So Tawana, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. Um, this is an amazing show because we've been talking about this for a little bit. And you actually reached out to me like six months ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Facebook likes to do this thing where it hides messages that, I, that aren't like my you know, technical friends. And, and I was going through some stuff because I'm getting ready to revamp uh, Facebook. And I saw it and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is amazing. I reached out to you and here we are. So let's get right into your story. Why don't you, you know, give us, give us who you are, you know, what you do and, and why, you know, why you reached out to me. Well, my name is Tawana Tyler. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Um, I have a six year old caboose syndrome child. Um, I am actually a, a caterer. And I actually work for the mental health department as well. Um, And I have done various jobs, you know. Um, So this is my broad base. I'm also a minister of my church and also with the um, over the dance ministry of my church. So I'm also a minister of dance as well. Um, Music and dance have been something that really have um, helped me overcome a lot of obstacles. Um, not just um, in my life, but also definitely with um, the obstacles I face with my son. Um, so, you know, Kabuki syndrome is a rare, very rare condition where only my son is probably number three in our state um, wow. and my city or in my surrounding city um, who has this condition. And so it's almost a learning process for us all. Um, and how we handle MJ. His name is Marcus Spencer. We call him MJ. Excellent. How we handle him. Um, what I did understand with Kabuki syndrome is it's not a cure, but it's therapies for um, each individual thing that um, our children go through. Yeah. So I was listening to your podcast some time ago, and you had your daughter on who was also a Kabuki syndrome. Yes. Um, that is an overcomer and I listening to her speak which she was very fluent and that gave me such hope and um gave me such hope that all things is possible um she also spoke on her um at the this particular um, interview she spoke on her issues with kombuki syndrome and eating and so it shed so much light on me when it came to my son and his eating and his um why he is um why he's like he is you know why he 
the way we wanted to eat or why it has been such a challenge to eating. So it gave me new enlightenment on how to um, give and when he's rejecting what maybe he may be feeling when he rejects certain foods. Well, you know, Uh, you you bring up a good point there because um, so first of all, Maddie, you know, it's interesting because we just she's the only one in the Portland area that we know of. We may know there's a, I guess there's an infant that is out. And so it's really rare. We just found like what third Maddie's 12. So 12 years later, we just found a group in Seattle, like three and a half uh, hours away from us that they meet once a year. And we were like, Oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. I'm Tawana. I'm telling you, I, I was like, it was such an emotional weekend because we have never come across another child with this rare disease. And, you know, now we're sitting in a a group of like 10 children with this rare disease. And you, you know, you, you mentioned that how fluent she was and how that gave you hope. We, we met adults that had it and that was mind blowing. And it gave, and that's what it did. It gave us hope. It's like this Yes, is a life challenge, but that doesn't mean you can't have a good life. And that doesn't mean that you can't still be surrounded by love because honestly, um, in my opinion, I think Maddie is the way she is because of the love that she's surrounded by. And it sounds like you're kind of the same way. Yes, I definitely feel as though um, my child is God sent. Uh, I definitely believe that he's God sent. Um, he has a love that is so pure, and he's always had that love. Yeah. Um, and when I see a lot of Kabuki Syndrome kids, that's what I get from them, love. And so it's like um, God created them the way he wanted to create them. Um, and we just have to embrace it. Uh, what I thought was amazing is that I did not do... Um, I didn't do any homework to Kabuki Syndrome when I first found out that... Um, he was a Kabuki syndrome child. Um, right. And some of it was, um, I just wanted to wing it out. I just wanted to see, you know, what my child would be, how he would become, you know. But when I did finally do some homework and get involved in a group, I realized that it was adults. The thing that was amazing to me was my doctors here, they did not understand or know what my son was. Right, right. So, yeah, we went through the same thing and in her, her pediatrician was just like, Oh yeah, she'll eat. Don't worry. All kids are like this. And we're looking at him like, you don't have a clue what's going on here. Like this, we, and we didn't do any research either. We just knew she had a rare disease and every day was a learning step step. Every day was like, okay, what are we going to learn today about this? Because there's just not a ton of information out there. Absolutely. And I know, hold one second. Come on. Em. No problem. Come on. Em. So I know with me, mm-hmm. um, when I first had my son, all the doctors could tell me was that he had chromosome seven abnormalities. Right. Um, they then began to see that it was so much going on with him. They told me to abort him at 24 weeks. Yeah. We were um, the same way. It was it was hard, you know. I'm like, I don't, I don't believe in abortions, and I don't want to be the cause of anything. But if God gave him to me, we're just gonna go with whatever the outcome. So they said that he wouldn't live past like a few weeks. Right. 
Um, and we actually are close to about an hour away from University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a great children's hospital and we went there and um, they were like, no, don't, don't abort. We can fix them. Um, he not only had this abnormality, he also had a large hole in his heart. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, he had a coarctation. Um, he also had wow. one kidney um, with with a cyst in it, and the other kidney was multicystic. So there's no functioning of that. Um, he had a high groma in the back of his head, and they were just like, and, and also most Kabuki syndrome kids had small, uh, small mouth yep. Um, yep. structures. So they was like, we wouldn't be able to incubate him except for into this specialty hospital. And so for me, I was like, okay, I can deal with this. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I had a good prayer team around me and, you know, um, support system that was right here for all of my needs. But as he came out, he was perfect. Right. I didn't see none of the things that they said. Um, He was very perfect, but he did not eat. Mm hmm. And so they was like immediately like, let's get him a, a GJ tube and yep. which then went to a G tube. Yep. And even with the G tube, it was, we still want to get him feeding therapy. Yeah. So he, he just wasn't feeding therapy. wasn't doing anything for him. And I was a, a, a breast I was breastfeeding and that wasn't working, but I expressed pump mm-hmm. and we just gave it to him in the tube. Um, he left in the hospital and Nick you about a month came home and immediately had to go back and get open heart surgery, the first one. So they closed his heart Mm. with the first one. Um, Then about six months later, he had to go back and get the coarctation fixed. But at that time, um, they nicked something within the coarctation surgery. And so he no longer can do breast milk. He had to do a milk that was um, uh, for cardiac patients. Really? Um, yes. But on top of that, he still wasn't gaining the weight. It was like he was eating, but he wasn't gaining any weight. Um, and so we just did what we could do because one thing that I've learned is because everybody is trying to figure this Kabuki syndrome out and what it looks like, Mm -hmm. all they can say is this is just him. Yeah. This is just him. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, um, to you and, and I, I, I just heard you say this, like when, when he came out, um, he was beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same way with Maddie. Like I, I explain it to people like, you, you know, cause they're like, what is Kabuki cinema? I've never heard of that. You know, you know, and I'm explaining mm-hmm. it to him as best as I can. And I'm like, <laughs> and then they meet Maddie and they're like, I don't get it because they're beautiful. They, their, their they're souls are beautiful and they, and they light yeah. up the room. It's yes. amazing. It's like, yes. it's like their own set of, uh, and um, I don't like to use this, this too lightly, but like, it's like they're angels put on this earth, right? Yes. That's, that's exactly um, what I used to call him because his structure and his back was so weird. Right. Right. Um, and I used to say, it looks like he used to have wings, but they were removed. Right. But right. I later found out that it was a bone that wasn't, that didn't develop there, um, in in his shoulder area, the bones didn't develop. So it caused his shoulders to his shoulder blades in the back to poke out more. Um, where now as he getting older, he has like this kangaroo structure, Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so, but I always say it's like he's an angel. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, and I want to, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I felt like he used to see things that I didn't see. Oh, um, that's interesting. Um, yes. He, he paid attention. A lot of times they used to be like, well, is it autism? Do he have autism? But no, I'm like, he would see things that I don't see. He would smile at things that I didn't see. Um, but because I, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm just structured and guy in a way, um, I was understanding that this child is not mine. This right. child, God's and whatever God sent him here for, he's getting it down low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just beautiful and smile and laugh all the time. And that's beautiful. And, and, and um, you know, people will hear us talking about this and it's going to make them smile. And, and there's something about how we can talk about our children like this and it transfers through, um, you know, the complete country through this speaker and people are smiling because of that, that, yes. that warms my heart. Now, yeah. you know, when you reached out to me, you know, one thing that you said, uh, was, Hey, I'm a chef too. And I know from my point of view of being a chef and, um, having, you know, a child that has some struggles and challenges with eating. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me if I get frustrated, well, I think that there's a, a natural feeling of not necessarily frustration, but like that you want to nourish your kid. Right. So how do you, how do you break through that challenge of like, you want to make all the food and, and you want them to experience all this food cause you know, they'll love it, but you can't like, how do you do, how do you get through that challenge? Well, um, I would think I would say for me, I he went to uh, VCU's uh, feeding clinic, and it was a week of extraneous feeding. So they started off by giving him um, like savory TV dinners Mm -hmm. with all kinds of flavors and things, and they were blended up, and we found that that worked, but only when it was blended up. Okay, and. So I stuck with that for a while, but then I said, if he can eat that, then he can also eat what I cook as well. And I would just, whatever we ate at home, Mm -hmm. I blend for him. However, sometimes I would definitely have to scale back on certain things. So I knew garlic was something that bothered his reflux and, um, very gassy. So if I cook with fresh garlic, I would kind of put that in after I take his food out or cook his food separately. Right. Um, and that, that, that was good because MJ never really rejected any foods that were parade. The issue was the foods that was not parade. So even to this day, he's six and I still can't get him to eat meats. Right. I can blend it but he won't eat it. That's interesting. Maddie won't eat it either. And we actually just had, so, um, you know, not to give out, (laughs) be too much information here, but she just started her period. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, like there's, there's a loss of blood there. There needs to be a, a replenish of, of calories and iron and stuff like that. She still doesn't eat meat. And so we're messing around with different protein shakes. Like what, right. how can I get different protein shakes in there? And then, you know, me being, being the sneaky dad that I am, I'm draw, I, you know, I want to drop like iron drops in there. So she's getting everything she needs. Um, I used mm-hmm. to, when she was a kid, I used to, uh, we would grind up kale 
into a fine powder and we would put it in her, in her drinks or in her milkshakes or the breast milk just to get a little bit of substance of nutrition in there. But it's tough, right? It is. It it really is tough. So even for one of MJ's issues is getting him to gain the weight. And so with everything that I put in his food, I have to put, you know, a butter in there. I'm, I'm, milk in there, things that's um, high in fats uh, so that it can stick. I think that's something that it grossed me for. <laughs> it grossed me <laughs> for a while because I was like, one, I'm not blending any pizza, so he's going to learn how to eat some pizza, you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm not, you know, they would yeah. say blender. No, I'm not blending certain things, mm-hmm. but I would have to put that butter and that milk in it, and it'd be like, if I taste I'm like, I don't know if I like this, but he eats it, and it's like the best thing than sugar and bread, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. but he don't, uh, he, one thing MJ don't do is he don't eat a lot of sweets. He just don't like it. He don't like mm. juice. Um, I can't get him to drink his Pediasure. Yeah. Uh, we get, they give him Pediasure. He would not drink that. Um, so we have to continue to do the G tube as well mm-hmm. with the feeding. He would eat three to four meals a day parade. Or if I cook the vegetables very soft, he would do that. He likes salad, right. but he can't swallow the salad. So a lot of times he would chew it up and spit it out. Same with certain meats. He would, he would, I can give him some fried chicken. He would eat it and he would spit all of it right back out. Um, just get everything he needed to get and just spit it back out. So, um, when your daughter was doing the, um, interview, I said, well, maybe it's the texture for him. Maybe just going down. He just don't like that, but he see everybody else eating it and he eats it. But he's just like, I, I just won't swallow it. Um, so, you know, in, in food, we so we've done food therapy with her. And one thing, one of the major like light bulb moments that I had or that I found out about was a therapist is like, she doesn't know how to use her tongue. And so for her, she didn't even want to put anything in her mouth because your tongue is so uh, integral in the eating process. It moves the food around. Well, she didn't know how to do that. And so what we were doing was... 30 minutes of, of exercise and not on the tongue, but just exercise to get the blood moving. Right. And it was like in this right. little kid's gym type thing. And, okay. uh, and then we went into the kitchen and we sat there at a table and she just had, a each day we did it. She had a different set of textures and it was like kissing the food. It was like touching the food to the tongue. And then, mm-hmm. then we would work on putting like an M M&M and M in there and then moving mm-hmm. it around with the tongue and then spitting it out. And so it wasn't, you know, everybody, I tell people that we've done uh, eating therapy, but it wasn't eating much. It's about training the muscles. And for her, like she, and she still has this problem. She'll, she'll eat yogurt all day. You know, she'll eat the pouches all day, but you give her something that she has to chew and actually take bites of you. She starts to eat like a bird where she'll pick it off in a little tiny piece and she'll put it in her mouth. So she doesn't have to use her tongue. So um, finding out those little cursors of like, well, maybe, maybe it's this. And, and this is why, this is why, you know, having you on is so special because, you know, I'm learning from you and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to blend something and give it to her and see how she does because whole, wow, that would be amazing. Yes. Um, like you take the meat, um, chicken is a little different. Yeah. Chicken. The texture, even if I blend chicken, sometimes I really have to smooth it out because 
he had been able to take his tongue and I guess separate it. So oh. I really have okay. chicken very smooth. Okay. Any other meat once it's blended, it is you know very well. I put um, gravy or mashed potatoes with it. Um, sometimes like chicken and applesauce blend really well. Right. Um, also give it that sweetness or fried apples or something like that to give it that sweetness for them. So yeah, yeah. that has been good. But I can say that we spent a few years in feeding therapy where they actually, um, we had to do mouth exercise where we had to pull the jaw down and put our fingers in rotation around his gum line and oh, wow. around his, um, and, and move and, and move his uh, move our fingers like half clockwise to both jaws. Um, okay. Have him chewing on a a, a chewillery um, to work the muscles because, like you said, one thing with Kabuki syndrome is it affects every muscle in the body, yeah. right? And so, um, even with the tongue, when we did a swat, uh, um, what is it, a swallow study? Have y'all had one of those done? No, I've never even heard of it. So we did a swallow study here in VCU, and what that does is it gives them whatever food, different food choices, mm-hmm. shows on camera how it goes down their throat or oh. how it. And so for because MJ was a child that aspirated at a young age, yeah. they wanted to see how it all went down. So even with that, it showed the feeding therapist how he was using his tongue. And so what we realized is that the muscles in his tongue was so weak he wasn't really moving them, mm-hmm. um, which caused him to do packing. Also, his esophagus, where our esophagus, it moves, it do like a sway yeah. to take the food down. His didn't at all. And so that was causing it feel like things was backing up. Um, wow. And so that was another reason why we did parades for so long. So those type studies actually showed us what he could and could not do that's amazing i have never heard of that but i'm telling you and once we get off that i'm going and sitting next to my wife and we're going to figure this one out because i think that would be huge for maddie Um, yes and it's just basically they sit in front of a um of course like an x-ray machine they give them each uh food whether it's water milk parade foods a cracker whatever it is that they eat and they put like barium on it so as it go down, you will be able to see that that the food it turns white, and you can see it as they doing it. Um, well, I know here we are able to sit in the room, and so I can see it as they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helped out because with him again, he was he aspirated a lot, so I was even able to see when the food went to the other side of his lung, and if he was able to clear it out, which means cough and it comes back and go to the other side. Right. Um, and that helped tremendously with how feeding was going to go about with his therapy. Wow. That, I, this is blowing my mind and I love it. Uh, this is everything I want to hear. Um, I want to move forward a little bit. And you talked about, um, because of the, the rareness of this disease, you know, you don't have many people. Now, have you found any support groups or have you reached out to anyone across the country and, and, and found you know, people with the same thing or any type of conference or anything outside of your area? 
Um, I haven't did any conferences, but through the um, All Things Kabuki, yes. I have um, interacted with several several of the parents. Awesome. Because um, at one point, I was I was like, I don't even see a lot of black children, you right. know, yeah. with this condition, and so I wanted to know why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I actually met a a parent who her child's birthday was just about the same birthday as my child. I think he was maybe two years older, and he looked like my son's twin. Oh, really? Yes, oh. and she was from New York, and I oh, think she amazing. had moved uh, from Virginia mm-hmm. doing studies with VCU back home to New York. And I was like, wow, like I travel New York and she wasn't that far from where I was. So I wanted to set up a play date, but COVID hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I also had talked to um, a couple of parents as far as helping them with new parents, helping them with different feeding techniques, because there's so many out here. Um, and a lot of people wanted to know about the G tube. Some people prefer the GJ tube over yeah. the G tube. Yeah. Um, and for me, I don't know what they told me here was the GJ tube. It hinders them from eating. Interesting. And it, I didn't want my son to be hindered from eating. Yeah. I wanted him to, learn to eat, but also be able to get his nourishment through the G. Um, What I have found is that I feel like at times his body rejects the G food and it rejects it in a sense of he's had this G food his whole life and we've had cosmetic surgery done. It leaks a lot from the actual site, not the G2, but the site is like when we got the last cosmetic done where he was keloing around it. Mm-hmm. Once they took the keloid away, milk now just drains out. And so it's also due to his reflux, so medications, but then it's like he can't do but so many medications for reflux because he has a kidney disease. Yeah. And so it's planned with um, how he's got what, what I'm going to fix him. Um, like he cannot have um, a lot of acidity, acidity foods and which I thought the foods I would thought was acidity wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's like give him pears, okay. give him peaches. And I'm like, peaches, that's, that's acid. And they're like, right. no, it's not. Um, uh, he, I don't do a lot of bananas because then it raises up his potassium and that's not good for his kidney. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a well-balanced to it, but what I do see that he eat, I stick to it. You know, um, there's there's one thing. I'm going to interrupt you here a little bit. There's one thing that is very, very, very clear through this entire story, and that's um, how strong and uh, determined you are. And I can, I can, I'm recognizing this. The more and more you tell me, like y- you, you can tell um, that you have put your heart, your passion, your soul, everything into everything. this. And yes. first, as a parent that um, also deals with the same cha- some of the same challenges, um, I want to say thank you. But also, I want to um, commend you for the things that you do. And, and, and I want to talk about you now. Now, how, uh, you know, as, as a person, as a human being, how, how, what helps you through this? You said dance really helps you through it. But, you know... When you go to bed at night, like how, how do you wake up the next morning and just be like, okay, we're doing this? Because I I know a lot of people couldn't. Yes, a lot of people couldn't. But I once, I one would say I had 
literally prayer warriors. Yeah. Um, that when I couldn't stand, they stood for me. Um, I have a wonderful nurse. A lot of people don't get um, nurse care, but I have a wonderful nurse who came in when he was six months. Um, not even six months. I think he was four months when she came in and she'd been with us all this time and she's just heaven sent. Um, and she helped me. It was just me and her. Um, honestly, I went through a lot of challenges with work. It mm-hmm. was times where I, I lost my job about two years after he was born right. uh, because my son had 18 doctors. Yeah. And we were always at the hospital, the doctor doing a test, doing a surgery, doing a something. Mm -hmm. And I lost my job that I had for 10 years. Um, So that was a big hurdle for me. But I was like, you know, I I, got to put my child first. Um, I bottled up a lot of my feelings. So I didn't have time to really feel at the time I was going through. I, I smile on my face and I took care of my child because I just knew that my energy was how his energy was going to be. I, I did not want um, sadness around him. I didn't want um, hopelessness around him. Um, and I felt as though he's the one going through everything. And if he can smile, I dare not not smile. Um, <laughs> but I would say it, it cost. I'm not going to say it cost me. My husband couldn't. He was the than me right. um, and so it was a lot of challenge for him because this was our first child we have three and this was the first child who mm-hmm. had um so i didn't get a lot of marital support um and emotional support from that direction so i i fed off of people in church um i fed off the word and dancing got me through but my son he loves worship music so every morning I would wake up and I would play worship music for him. And it would give me such strength and encouragement that it got me through um, some things. Um, my family didn't really know how to deal with it neither because my mom was anxiety. She had anxiety. My mom had Crohn's disease. She passed away last year, but she had Crohn's disease. And so stress and everything would just take her out and I just was like she was just scared about anything if he threw up she was scared she was jumpy so I had to be that strength for him and everybody yeah um and sometimes that strength made me weak I had to go and cry at night when no one was looking or um I would constantly you know just say God whatever he is you made him yeah um I told myself that, and I'm not going to say I told myself, I just felt that when they said that an extra chromosome laid beside him, mm-hmm. one thing with uh, chromosome seven, it was like an extra chromosome right there. So they said he had mommies, he had daddies, but he had another one. And so I can only say that other one had to be God. Right. And so whatever God made him to be, I was okay with it. And I just stay in that lane. Um, I didn't begin to have emotional issues um, until last year where it's like I got to a, a, a point where I just looked back at everything that I overcome with him. Late nights and hospital stays and surgeries you don't know if he's going to make. And once the first surgery he had, this heart surgery, heart surgeon told me he died on the table. Wow. And that he didn't know that he would even make it and he was going to give him a pacemaker. And at that moment, boom, his heartbeat 
So he has a heartbeat that's irregular that I have to always know. So when we go to the hospital and they said, oh, well, that's just his regular beat. So those things I had to realize that I miss, I miss um, being that mother that I was to other my other two children. I miss the holding him and the nurturing him because I couldn't hold him. Right. Um, and he actually grew up in a way that he didn't want to be held. Mm. Um, if he even hold, hug you is for like two minutes, two seconds yeah, rather. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 totally. Um, hmm. And so that I had to just stay in prayer. Um, and like I said, dance was something I was doing already. So I would dance and release. Um, when I dance, it's not just me dancing for people. I dance to release those energies that I can't talk about or that I may feel yeah. or to, to, to know that God got me from certain things and he walked me through things that I didn't think that I, I can do. And I released that excitement and it, it, it kind of brought me who I am. And I would say even in the midst of everything that I went through with MJ, it allowed me to break barriers that I put myself in for years. And it, it showed me my strength that I didn't know that I had. Mm -hmm. um, so I am currently, um, I'm an open book. So I am currently in a separation from my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and that was because it was already rocky. Yeah. But having MJ and having to go through so much by myself because my husband didn't go to an appointment. Right. He didn't go to a feeding therapy. He didn't go. He literally checked out. Um, and I gave grace. You know, we we grace each other where we don't know which which lane we're going to walk in. Correct. But I gave grace. But I had to think about me because emotionally I had to hold it all in for everybody. Yeah. Um, I had two wonderful sons. My sons now are 18 and 15. They stood with their brother from the time that he was in the womb to now. Um, so they love their brother. They see nothing different with him. In fact, they have taught him so much. <laughs> they taught him so much that it's almost like, are you a Kabuki syndrome child? Or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, totally. Well, it's the same it's way with Maddie. Field. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's incredible to see the love that his older siblings give to him and he gives to the older siblings. You know, it, it, I'm glad you brought that up because so we have a seven-year-old boy and, you know, I, I, he is, <laughs> I'm, I really believe that he was put here for Madison and, um, because he, I mean, he helps her it, it, in times that like when we're not around or if, um, you know, she's upstairs and she need help or she's struggling, like he's right there. And he's like, come on, sissy, let's go. I got you, you know, and to see, to see that kind of, um, that kind of love and that kind yeah. of, um, just gut instinct intuition from a child of that age to help another child. I mean, I, that'll bring anybody to tears. I don't care who you are. Like yeah. it, it brings me to tears. I, and I you have turned up now, like incredible, amazing. Yeah. The love that, that siblings have for each other that really, it really gets them through, um, well, I don't even think MJ even realized that he went through anything right. because he just so loved. Exactly. Like, so that show I did with Madison, um, a little bit behind the scenes of it, like, you know, I really think that that was the first time that she really understood um, the level of which Kabuki syndrome was with her and everything we had gone through. She had no idea. And so 
after we got off the mic that show, um, she was she was pretty emotional and she just started crying. And, you know, I sat there and we talked about it. And then, you know, mom came in and we kind of all three like round robin about it. And and, you know, she just was like, I'm so she was so sad. And I'd never seen her like that before. And it was like because she just didn't know. She had no idea what she was what what she went through. And, you know, I look at that moment and I go, you know, maybe I should be a little bit more careful before um, divulging that much information in front of her. But I also think that since that day, you know, she has really embraced like I have Kabuki syndrome and I'm strong. And Mm -hmm. then we got her up to this conference and I'm telling you the light that shined in that little girl was something Mm. I've never seen before. Um, she was, she turned into like a leader. She was helping other kids. She was wow. no longer the one that she, you could tell, like she was no longer the one that was in the spotlight. Now she was with her people and just the strength that just poured out of her was such a beautiful thing. And so to see these other kids, um, really interact with each other and be there for each other, it gives you hope. It gives you hope. It gives you hope because we, we're in a weird time in life and the, the yep. world is in a weird place. But you see that and you walk away from that and you're like, all right, there's my hope. There's my little niche right there that is like going to just make me feel okay when I pass, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's so incredible. I know what MJ, um, ever since he was born, I knew he had a gift uh, from heaven because People would literally, one of the doctors would say they would have to come and stop and see him first before they see everybody else. And I just <laughs> I love that. He was one needed that he, he, he demanded attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he let you know, hey, I'm over here, come over here. And they would all have to speak to him first. But as he got older, it would be grown people that would come up and say, hey, I have to touch his hands. Right. And I'm just like, Huh? But I will always remember when I was pregnant, they would say, be careful who touched your son because God gave him a gift. And so um, teachers would come to me and say, he's not my student, but I had to go into class and I had to touch his hands. And he give these hugs and he's just full of love that you can just feel the presence of God around him. And so now my son um, and when it's people that he something wasn't right, he would look at me or look at his nerves like, am I, can I touch them? Am I supposed to talk to them? Right. What am I to do? Or he just said, mm-mm. Um, <laughs> he walks around and he, you know, they're repetitive. They yeah. are very repetitive. Yes. yes. Sometimes that get on my nerves, but <laughs> right. he will walk around and he would tell everybody, I love you. Yeah. I love you. Um, Hi, how are you? And he would make people day that They'll just stop like, did he just say he loved me like that? I just needed to hear that. Um, And so I had to see that this gift that God gave, he didn't give to me. He gave to the world. Right. Um, And so he haven't realized yet. He's six. He still haven't realized that he's different. He's he's um, in even in different classes. He hasn't realized anything different with him. Yeah. He feels like he's like everyone else, but um, when he gets older, like your daughter age, mm-hmm. I definitely would have that conversation with him to know, hey, this is what we went through, but this is why and how special you are. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing um, 
for her to know who she is and know, you know, where she come from because her purpose was birthed in that moment. Right. Um, and where we think our children can't handle things, they can handle way more than what we can. They're resilient. It's, they I, I see are. it every day. And I'm like, I can't, it blows my <laughs> mind how resilient, because as a parent, you're like here to protect. But it's like, you almost don't, you need to protect, but they're so resilient that they can just get through life and still smile with all yes. these challenges. And, and it's yes. just, it, it, again, and I keep saying it, it warms my heart and I'm just, I, she is my strength. So you talked about, um, how he, he, he would, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but she, like, she'll sit next to me when like, so weightlifting was my outlet. Weightlifting is my, let's get these emotions out that I don't have or that I'm on. I don't have the ability to do. Right. And right. so I get my weightlifting out or I get my emotions out through weightlifting I'm telling you, every time I'm out here in the garage, like lifting weights, she sits in her chair right next to me. And she's like, let's go, dad. Come on, dad. Like she, it's like, she's sitting there and I'm feeding off her strength. She's feeding yeah. me strength. And it's, yeah. it's such a, it's an, it's an emotional, but gr like amazing moment that I will never, ever, ever, ever take for granted because, um, I, I, I can't, I just, I, I can't control what's happening here. And it's an amazing thing. And I, you know, it, it really is. I don't know. I remember when, um, this, this last two years has been just a struggle with me trying to find work after COVID because one, you know, your kid come first and they, they still have doctor's appointments and things of that nature. So it's like, how am I going to find a job? And so I was doing, um, uh, temp jobs, things like that. And one day I just was overwhelmed and mm -hmm. I tried to, overwhelming around him but when i walked through the door he had um praise music on worship music and he was just sitting in the floor and one of the songs said the devil is a liar yeah. god is and i was just sitting there and i was just not really paying attention and all of a sudden he looked at me and he handed me some flags because hmm. i'm a flagger as well okay he handed me some flags and he said dance wow and and, and he just went with me and I said, God, I thank you because you, that's my reminder. He's my reminder. He's my, you know, he, he don't realize how much strength he gives us, not just me, but even the older two kids, he gives us so much hope, aspiration, and, 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 and he's fearless in everything he do. Um, I remember the doctors used to, the therapist used to say, MJ not going to do nothing. Like he, they would say he don't have, most kids have fear factors, mm -hmm. but he, he, he knows that he's not going to do a thing until he overcome that fear. Right. Now he's fearless. He attempts everything. And I, I'm just like, God, how can I sit in my emotions, my mess, my day, and I come home to this smile to this child that's ready to rejoice at all times. And, and, and he's ready. He, we can be in church and he's the pastor's right hand. It's like, if pastor needs you to, he laugh on cue. He yep. said, amen. All time. He gives, he gives such strength to so many people around. He don't even realize. And that's, that's amazing. amazing. Well, that our, our, these, this story is just, it's blowing my mind. And I think, uh, for uh, for my sake, and I'm going to be selfish about this, but for my sake, I could sit here and, and listen to this for 
hours. And so um, I we, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here. And I wanted to ask you uh, a last question and just say, you know, to you, um, first of all, thank you. You know, thank you for reaching out to me. Uh, that I I felt so bad when I saw your message that I didn't see it when it came in. That I was just like, I, there's no way I could express to you on a on a text message that on how, how bad I felt, but I did, and I, I'm so glad that we made this happen because I think this is the beginning of something that could be really big. Um, yeah. And so my question to you is, you know, what what's your advice to parents out there that that uh, are new to this? What's your advice to people that uh, don't necessarily know what we're talking about? Like, what would you tell them if they came into Currents and, and had a child of, you know, a Kabuki or any other rare disease? I would want to get a support team. Yeah. Get a support team. That, that's very um, important. I will also say to take your time for yourself. Yeah. That, th- that's Three, great advice. Love. Love. That's really the first love. Love your child. Love your, even if you're caring for another, love them just like they're, they're normal, regular, and give them all that they can give. But don't forget yourself. Um, have something for yourself, whether it's a time out to read, a time out to dance, a time out to cook. Have something for yourself. But a support team is very important. And don't hold nothing in. Express what you're feeling because it can get stressful at times, especially when we hold things in. Um, So um, I would say that. I also want to say thank you (laughs) for um, having me. Um, For a while, I was trying to figure out how do you get MJ's story out? How do you get these stories about about our children? And, Mm -hmm. and, And... when I seen that you texted, it's funny, I had just thought about it that day and was like, oh, I remember texting someone and you text me that night. Um, and so <laughs> I thank you um, because this is what people need to hear and know and grow right. um, to know the strength that we carry, even in some of the weaknesses we have that what our children give. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, that's, that's don't a big be afraid thing. for help. Um Get the help. And and it's actually governmental programs out that will also help as well. I don't know how other people's states work, but um, also look into those programs and the advocacy mm-hmm. um, out there because you are your kid's mouthpiece. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you can only, you know, you have not because you ask not. So let's ask for what it is that we need. And I hope that this, this gets out to those who considering having children and the outcomes don't be afraid of what um, what the possibilities are your kid can be all of what you make them out to be yeah that's such a beautiful thing um so yeah there's there's going to be a there's going to be a, a round 2 on this i hope you know that <laughs> there's no way that we could get this all over in in one episode but um Thank you again. Uh, We're going to talk a little off air. Um, I do want to make sure that everybody out there that knows um, there is the annual conference coming up in New York. Um, I will put dates on the Instagram so you guys can all see that. I think it's ran by All Things Kabuki, but also the Kabuki Syndrome Foundation. They are also putting it on. Um, And uh, yeah, 
I, I can't I can't thank you enough, uh, Tawana. Like this is amazing. Um, and like I said, I am going to have you on again. We'll talk a little bit after uh, you know we we stop the show and and okay. uh, we'll go from there. All right. I, I hope you have an amazing Sunday. I hope you do too. Thank and the kids. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. <laughs>